And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to an Athletic Live Room starring me. Okay, so if you have questions about the Giants, questions about baseball, questions about life, let me know. Let me see if anyone is here and uh, ready to ask some questions. Andrew B. says, uh, first time, long time. How about Matt Kane for Prince Fielder? Oh, man, that is one of the... I guess you're probably right about that in the offseason, where the trades that weren't, uh, the trades that were really firing up the internet back in the early 2000s and the mid-2000s, Matt Kane for Prince Fielder was constantly uh, a trade rumor. And it just, because it made some kind of sense, where the Brewers needed pitching, the Giants needed hitting, you had this guy for that guy. Uh, It was a hilarious uh, fake trade, and it made kind of sense. That's one of them. Uh, Tim Lincecum for Jose Cruz Jr. uh, made less sense, but that was also a fake trade that was going around. Um, That, man, I want to know where the Giants would have been. Lincecum for Jose Cruz Jr. Do the Giants currently have the weirdest drought the the postseason championship free drought without tim lincecum i don't think they win any championships uh so would we have uh not it wasn't jose cruz jr it was alex rios sorry not jose cruz jr that was a different different kind of drought all right we have lewis he's asking if this is belt's last season do i agree last season in baseball no last season with the giants yeah, probably. Uh, I, I before the season, when I had a bunch of wacky predictions in, in one of my articles, it was 10 predictions or something like that, I said that Belt was going to hit enough to stick around for next season. That has not happened. And what you're looking at right now is uh, a dedicated DH uh, at this point. Maybe when he's healthier, I mean, because he was a fantastic fielder as recently as last year. Um, but at this point, I just don't see the Giants entertaining the idea of a dedicated DH. They like cycling guys in and out of there based on matchups, based on who's healthy, who's dinged up. Uh, They would like to keep that spot relatively free rather than a a Nelson Cruz type. Um, Belt can still play the field. It's not like he's uh, Tommy LaStella and is really limited at DH. But I just think he's, he's so... Not what they were expecting this year when they gave him the qualified offer. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, it's going to be a hard goodbye to say, but I don't think anyone's going to uh, uh, wonder why. It's not going to be one of those scenarios where it's, oh, how could you? It's going to be, yeah, we, we kind of get it. And don't you get it? Everyone gets it. Uh, Andrew B asked if the giant shortstop of the future is in the organization now. Uh, that's, I suppose that's a good question. It depends on 
if you think Marco Luciano can play shortstop, people are split. I, he'll never be a gold glove shortstop, right? It, he might work hard, be able to stick at the position. He's got the arm for it, maybe not the range. Uh, if he can stick at shortstop, um, maybe maybe he is the shortstop of the future. And what you have to think about is one of the few prospects who is doing really who is doing better than expected this season is Casey Schmidt. And Casey Schmidt is uh, a gold glove type third baseman. If he hits enough uh, in the future, the comp of Matt Chapman might be unfair right now because he's so far away from the majors, but that would be the comp as far as a a defensive third baseman uh, who can hit a little bit, who can hit for power. That's what Casey Schmidt has. So if Casey Schmidt is holding down third base, uh, Marco Luciano would probably, they would want him to stick at shortstop. Uh, I don't think they would want to move him to the outfield just yet. Um, so that's a possibility. Uh, that is very, very, very speculative. Uh, Schmidt's also played a little bit of shortstop in the minors. Uh, not too much, but they, they're experimenting with him with Luciano out. And so that's interesting. I would guess the odds are usually, unless you have like Joey Barch in AAA or unless you have someone who is right at the doorstep in the major leagues, the odds are probably a little bit better that you're going to have the shortstop of the future from the field. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be outside of the organization at all all times is going to be the odds on favor just because that's a a greater pool of established major leaguers but i don't think it would be wacky to have luciano up there uh, in 2024 so uh, an established shortstop i don't know he's not a he's not a clank mid out there he's not someone with a scouts go oh gosh i can't he's got to get moved he's got to get moved soon I don't know. I think it's interesting. And if he keeps hitting and if Schmidt keeps hitting, uh, there will be an interesting decision made later. All right. Rob J says, should the Giants be in on Carlos Correa? Yes, probably. Probably. Um, That would be he would have been a a great fit last offseason. But he really, really, really wants to play shortstop. He does not want to move, doesn't want to mess around with third base, doesn't want to mess around with second base or anything like that. So he was a bad fit with a Giants team that already extended Brandon Crawford. Uh, I was in favor of the Crawford deal. I thought that that was smart at the time. It didn't work out. And I, it would have been a very different offseason if the Giants hadn't signed Crawford on that deal. But if you're talking Carlos Correa, he is one of, he's one of the few uh, free agent signings that actually could work out for more years than the typical free agent signing and what i mean by that is is you have free agents are are terrible don't sign free agents free agents are always going to disappoint you but for a couple years they're pretty good they're going to they're going to help for those couple years while you're contending while you're trying to build the best possible team carlos correa seems like the kind of free agent because he's just 27 now um he seems like the kind of free agent who could help you in 2030 if society is still humming around uh in 2030 so that is the kind of player you want to sign to an extended long-term deal. Uh, his numbers are down this year where he's got uh, his powers down. I think he's got, what does he have? He has 13 home runs, a, th- a 343 on base percentage, 776 OPS. Uh, he's still really valuable because of the defense and, and the position he plays. And he's still a very, very good player. But maybe he's not a $300 million man anymore. Maybe he's not going to get that Corey Seager. Maybe he's going to get something 
closer, not Chris Bryant, because Chris Bryant was a little bit older, but somewhere between the Chris Bryant money and the Corey Seager money, maybe he's played his way into that kind of contract now, which would help the Giants. Um, At the same time, look, I, I think... I think he's a very, very good player. The the right-handed power plays well at Oracle Park. Uh, you can't just assume that he's going to be stealing a spot from Marco Luciano uh, or Casey Schmidt or whomever you are interested in in the Giants organization. If someone like that forces their way into the picture, they'll figure it out. And that's the good kind of defensive quandary to have. It's not as if you are blocking first base and then you have a a guy who can only play first base and you're not sure where to put him. And that's how you get Cepeda at first and McCovey in left field or something like that. It's it's not that situation when you're signing a shortstop to a long-term deal, you can figure out how to slide players down uh, the defensive spectrum and, and help overall. So, I think Carlos Correa would be a pretty, pretty good fit. Um, should the Giants be in? It was the question. Will they? I don't think so. I just, I don't know if he qualifies as that generational star that seems to be the focus of uh, who the Giants would sign. You know what I mean? Like if that is, if the Giants are looking for a prototypical free agent to sign to spend that nine-figure contract on, I'm not sure if it's Correa. He's close. He's young. He's talented. Plays a premium position. I think it would just be one one level up. Uh, the Carlos Correa who was uh, who was top five MVP finisher in 2021. That is closer. That's closer to what the Giants want, and maybe his numbers will be closer to that by the end of the year. Who knows? All right, we've got Milton R. What is the likelihood that the Giants finally sign a generational-type player this offseason, or do they wait until the farm provides something that resembles a star? Uh, that is close to the same question, as, or at least that is closer to what I was talking about just now, but I, I guess now it's who qualifies for that, and do the Giants need a star Um, it is, I guess Aaron Judge is, I mean, obviously if he's going to threaten 60 home runs, 65 home runs, 70 home runs, uh, that would be, uh, that would be a star, obviously. I mean, he, he had Richard really his number growing up because that was his favorite player, uh, which is funny to me. Um, is he young enough to qualify for that? I don't think so. I don't think he's necessarily young enough. Uh, to be the guy the Giants would sign for six, seven, eight years. I mean, you know, would they sign him until he's almost 40? That doesn't sound like it, but there is pressure uh, on on the Giants to do something, to sign him, to sign someone, to trade for someone. Uh, but maybe they're going to wait for Otani. Maybe that is the play. Maybe they're going to wait for Juan Soto. And if you sign Aaron Judge, can you sign an Otani or Soto if you get to free agency and they're there and they're interested. I think the Giants can. I think that they should. But at the same time, maybe that's their thinking. They've got one shot. They're going to spend that shot on uh, Bryce Harper, you know, so to speak. That Bryce Harper, the, the Giancarlo Stanton, when they went after him. Uh, I'm not sure if Judge is that guy, but Giants fans probably think he's that guy. So maybe that factors into it as well. All right, we have Jess C. who says, Where is Scott Harris? Seems like everything is on Farhan, but is Scott somewhat responsible for this roster too? Uh, good question, because I am always, uh, I am always 
referring well, when I'm writing, it's always Farhan this and Zaidi that, and, and this is his roster and this is that. I gotta say, the GM position in modern baseball for a team like the Giants is one of the best positions to have uh, in baseball history because you have a ton of power, you have a ton of decision-making abilities. You are your voice, I'm guessing, is heard and valuable, and you have uh, a ton of responsibilities, but you're not taking the heat. That is, it's not Fire Scott. That is a hashtag on Twitter if you want to click through. It's Fire Farhan, and he's the one who has taken the brunch. I'm assuming he's got the he's got the fancier title, Director of Baseball Operations. Uh, he has he's more the forward facing face of the organization, and that's understandable. But Scott Harris, I mean, I'm sure a lot of his ideas are built into this roster right now. I'm sure a lot of his input is how the Giants constructed this roster. And you don't know if he was the one who really pushed for, no, 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 the defense will be fine. Let's just go all offense and and we'll score more runs than the other team. And how we get there is, is not that important. I think we can hit our way there. Maybe he's the one who really fought for that. And maybe he's the one who is most wrong of all. I don't know. I think it's just very collaborative when you have uh, two baseball ops guys who are at the top of the organization. It's going to be a very, very collaborative uh, kind of arrangement. And I would guess that Farhan, that's where the buck stops. And that's who has the final decision-making powers, the guy who is at the top of the pyramid. And I don't know. I wouldn't put too much onto Scott Harris without knowing. He's just part of the brain trust. You know what I mean? So Instead of writing Farhan this, Farhan that, uh, I've occasionally tried to say the front office, or I've, I've tried to sneak in a front office, because it's not just Farhan, it is um, all of the above, so to speak. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, we have Andrew B. Odds. Johnny Cueto ever pitches again for the Giants? Not zero. You know what I mean? He seems to be uh, someone who will pitch for, I don't know, another couple years, another 10 years. I mean, he could be that that weirdo Jeff Vecero type who's just around and around and around because he's so canny. He's so uh, deceptive. He has so much going for him other than raw physicality and uh, fastball velocity and stuff like that. So it's a non-zero chance. I don't know how he fits in, on a general roster, but he's pitching really well for the White Sox. He was an inspired signing from that, uh, from from this offseason. And he's going to get a pretty, pretty solid contract. I don't think it's going to be a huge contract because of his age, his injury history, his strikeout rate is dipping into that Zach Greinke 
down below what you might be comfortable with uh, as far as sustainability. But look, the Giants are going to have to build a rotation um, again at some point. Probably not this offseason. It's not the same offseason that they were faced with last year. You already have Logan Webb. You know that's going to be one of your anchors. You have Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, uh, Desclafani are all signed. I'm not sure how much you can trust Desclafani, but you're going to be paying him enough to where you're going to want to try. He was very good as recently as last year, and if he's healthy, I don't see why you wouldn't have him as one of your top five starters. So it might just be that you are looking for one starting pitcher, two starting pitchers, and you're going to want to replace Carlos Rodon as far as someone who can start game one of a World Series. Uh, I mean, we're talking about the 2023 Giants, so I'm not sure how worried they should be about the the World Series, but that's ideally what you want. You can get uh, innings eaters, and you can get guys who can sort of help you get above 500, maybe squeak into that wild card position. Uh, That's fine, but I think the Giants are always going to want to have someone to ease the burden from Logan Webb, like Rodon is doing now. It's not all Webb. It's not all on Webb to be the stopper, to be the all-star candidate, to be the guy you know is going to be leading the rotation, getting him a little bit of a buffer along when Kevin Gossman was here, uh, Carlos Rodon now, that's going to be the goal. And so if you have uh, if you have Johnny Cueto as your free agent signing this winter, I'm not sure if he pushes that button, pulls that lever. I think he's going to be more of a, a guy you would have at the back of a rotation, like a Desclafani, like an Alex Wood, uh, like Alex Cobb. I think it's a little bit better than that. But that's going to give you innings, but I'm not sure it's going to give you that wow factor that the Giants might be going for. All right, Alex S., is it fair to say the Giants org doesn't care about its season ticket holders? Flooding the market with $8 tickets does not help season ticket holders at all here. Um, well, that is a rough question because it's not great for season ticket holders. Trust me, I, my parents are season ticket holders. Uh, they, If they can't go to a game, it, it, it really is just, you know, you're not going on StubHub and selling uh, seats in a half decent location. Like if you don't have behind the plate, behind the plate's always going to sell. It, behind the dugout's always going to sell. But if you have like club section down the third base line, is that going to be the hottest ticket? No, because you're going to do well. If I'm spending this much money, I'm going to spend this much money and get a little bit closer, a little bit uh, more premium seat. And then when you have all the eight dollar tickets floating around, uh, that that makes even that a little little dicier. So. Uh, what the Giants are trying to do is just fill the ballpark. They're just trying to make money however they can. And I'm not saying make money by ticket sales, but I'll just get the, the people in there, get the people buying hot dogs and garlic fries. And, uh, I guess they aren't selling panda hats now, but you know, get them to, to buy a jersey with Tyro Estrada's name on the back. I don't know what they're selling out there these days, but that's the idea is to get the, the people in there, get them experiencing baseball, get them back next year, let them have a good time. So that's what they're trying to do, but it is uh, not great for uh, not great for the season ticket holders right now because I I know how it works and a lot of people they build that in. So when they're spending X number of thousands of dollars on their season tickets, they're saying yes, this is my initial outlay, but I'm going to have this and I'm going to sell these tickets and that's going to subsidize what I'm trying to do. So I that is not an uncommon. A way to look at tickets and season tickets when you're you're kind of making that calculus am i going to be a season ticket holder so it's rough it is rough uh it's been a long time since the giants have been in this kind of position 
I don't think even in 2018, 2019, it wasn't like this. That's when they had the, the, the phony sellout streak uh, where you know you saw empty seats there. But at the same time, it was still pretty darn full enough for them to at least fake the sellouts and, and have on paper that this was a sellout. So it hasn't been like this since Candlestick. And it, it was a, a heck of a run, a two-decade run. But the pandemic, it, it's hit San Francisco a little bit differently than it's hit other cities as far as uh, there's not that in-person workforce that's hopping to the ball game after they're at work in the office. Uh, people are a little bit warier of, of going out in San Francisco and the Bay Area in general compared to maybe some other locales. So it's rough. Um, not sure. All right. So Evan C. says, will the Giants sign any pitcher to a long-term deal? This is... This is something that I wrote about uh, a while ago, and my answer is probably not. I, I just, there's always going to be an exception. There's always going to be, look, if Logan Webb keeps pitching like this for three years, four years, five years, and by the time it's he, he's ready for an extension, how can you let Wo- Logan Webb get away where he's a local kid, where he is, um, he's an affable guy, he's a, a likable guy, he's a fan favorite. He's also very unique where he's, he pitches differently than anyone else you're going to find. He is a, he's a very strong pitcher. You, you have some sense that he's going to have some sort of durability. So you're not going to let Logan Webb get away if he keeps pitching like this, if he stays healthy. So that might be the exception. But I don't think you're going to see Barry Zito again. I don't think you're going to see... Uh, I don't think you're going to see... Who else am I... Kevin Gossman signing to a five-year deal, Robbie Ray. I don't think you're going to see that kind of free agent for the simple reason that... Uh, there's always going to be a Carlos Rodon on the market or an Alex Wood on the market or an Alex Cobb. There's always going to be that one pitcher who can pitch, who has the talent to get outs, who has the ability to, to you know that he's going to miss bats, he's going to uh, be able to prevent runs effectively if he can stay healthy. There's always going to be a couple of those guys that the Giants like on any free agent market. There's always going to be a Disclafani. There's always going to be player X. Um, maybe it's Johnny Cueto this year. You know, he's, he's having a great year, but maybe there's going to be a soft market for him because no one wants to give him more than a year contract. So someone like that, there's always going to be someone like that. And if you're paying Barry Zito in the fifth year of a seven-year deal, are you going to have a spot for that kind of pitcher? Are you going to be able to say, oh, we can build the rotation the way that we want when we have this kind of pitcher uh, already in place. And I guess we got to give him a shot because we're paying him so much money and maybe this is the year that he, he's a little bit more effective. The Giants don't want to be in that position and I don't blame them. I really don't uh, because there's going to be, look, this year there was Max Scherzer. The Giants uh, could have made a play for Max Scherzer. Perhaps that would have been the best way for them to spend their money is get Rodon and Scherzer as opposed to Rodon and Gossman. So I think that is what the Giants philosophy is. And it's not a bad one, especially if you start supplementing it with uh, pitching prospects. If you start getting Kyle Harrison to be the Giants version of Julio Rios, or if you start getting Ryan Murphy and he comes up and he's something a little bit more than a fifth starter, if you start getting these minor leaguers up 
and effective. Then you can start building the the roster a little bit better, a little bit um, more as the the front office wants to in the vision that they want to. So once you get that and you're spending money on the free agents, the premium one, two-year deals like Radon, like Scherzer got, I think that's the template. And it's not a bad one. For all the Giants' faults, what they've done with their pitching isn't the bad part of this year. You know, Desclafani wasn't the best idea, apparently. But Wood, Cobb, uh, they've been fine. They've helped the Giants... Uh, prevent runs more than a lot of their peers. Uh, Radon has been inspired, and that is not the problem with the 2022 Giants. The problem's been the defense and the lineup, uh, more the defense than anything. All right, David M., what do you think it would take for the Giants to re-sign Radon? Uh, lack of suitors as far as a long-term deal and a mega deal. I could see the Giants going three years. I could see maybe four, just knowing that that fourth year, there's almost zero chance that they're going to get a ton of value out of that. But if Radon is going to get that Kevin Gossman kind of contract, if he's going to get something more than that, I don't think the Giants are involved for the reasons that I, I just laid out, where it's they want a little bit more flexibility. They don't want to feel beholden to a pitcher because he is... Uh, he is going to be paid X amount of dollars, and it, well, we might as well try him. It's it, it, somewhere between him being a sunk cost and and him being already on uh, the payroll. They don't want to mess with that. But if you're talking three years, if it's going to be some kind of three-year, $120 million contract or something like that, something that's really big as far as annual value, but the length isn't there, I could definitely see the Giants being interested in that because Rodon... Uh, at the risk of being controversial, he's good. He is uh, good at at outs and getting outs and strikeouts and preventing runs. And if he wants to be here and if he's not going to get that long-term deal, I could see it. I don't think it's likely or the likeliest scenario, but it's definitely a possible scenario because the Giants have to spend some money this offseason or there will be torches and pitchforks and that would be they would ideally spend the money on the best baseball players they can. Radon's going to be one of the best baseball players on the market. So I don't know. It's a non-zero chance there, too. Uh, Joe M. How do the Giants rebound in 2023? What makes them contenders next season? Ah, that is a tricky one because I'm not sure how likely it is. I think we're in that same position that we were in between 2020 and 2021, where not that the Giants are on track to have another 2021 because they probably won't in our lifetime, but just the idea of, yeah, you know, if a couple things break this way, that way, I could see them maybe threatening for that last wild card. I don't know. I think that's where they're going to be this offseason. Um, but what it's going to take is how they got from 2020 to 2021, which is they made a whole lot of players better between 2020 and 2021. Uh, they made Anthony Desclafani better. They made uh, Lamont Wade Jr. better. They took Darren Ruff and they made him better. They had Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, the first half of 2020. They were awful. They were in danger of getting released maybe. And they improved them and they took them into the next year and they kept all of those gains that they made in the second half of 2020. So that would be 
what the Giants need to do. They would need to take this current roster and not just have Tyro Estrada as a guy who's doing okay filling in here and and you have him in the lineup and against left-handed pitching and you have him in the lineup against right-handed pitching and he's he's solid, he's competent. Not to have that guy, but to have Tyro Estrada, whoa, where did this come from? Wow, and that's just picking a player at random. It doesn't have to be Tyro Estrada, but it can be David VR. It can be Joey Bart not just hitting as well as he's hit since he was recalled, but Joey Bart taking another step in toward being one of the better hitting catchers in the the National League. That's what it would take. And is any of that especially likely? Would you put money on that in Vegas? Um, no. I mean, <laughs> that's just not as realistic as maybe you thought it could have been before this season started. But that's what it would take is because the Giants are going to have so many roster spots to fill. They're going to have so much work to do to get back to contention, uh, get back to where they can at least scare the Dodgers in the National League West. Um, I just don't know if that's going to happen in a single offseason. But if it does, it's going to be the Giants making players better. All right. Last question is from Craig W. Where do the Giants sit on potential Otani sweepstakes? There's going to be two different sweepstakes. Uh, There's going to be the initial trade madness, which is probably going to be next year when Otani is a pending free agent. The Angels, if they have some sort of idea that they have zero chance of re-signing him, if it's already been established that he's going to test the market the Angels will probably trade him next year. So that's one sweepstakes. And what you have there is you're going to get a situation where it's a couple of months of Otani, which is valuable, especially to a team that's in uh, a postseason hunt, a team that might want him for the postseason. But it's also valuable because you will have a couple of months of uh, negotiation time where you are the only team negotiating whatever his monster contract is going to be. That has a ton of value. Just where you have the exclusive negotiating rights with Shohei Otani, that's worth a top prospect on its own. If you could just keep Otani on the Angels and somehow trade a prospect just to get exclusive negotiating rights, that has a ton of value. I would consider that. I would consider trading Marco Luciano to the Angels just to be able to talk for two months to Otani. That's a pretty far-fetched scenario, and it's it's not within the realm of, of reason. It's not it's not going to happen. But that's how valuable the exclusive negotiating rights can be. It's how uh, the Dodgers signed Mookie Betts. They traded for him. He was a pending free agent, but they were able to talk to him and say, okay, what are you looking for? What what are you looking for in terms of a long-term deal? And they got the deal done. When the Giants uh, traded for Hunter Pence, they had uh, 2012 and they had him through 2013, but they also had the ability at the end of 2013 to say, okay, what's going to take to keep you here? And that has value. So that's the first part of the sweepstakes. And I, just in general, the Giants aren't going to have the number one farm system in baseball next year. Uh, probably not. I guess anything's possible. But So that's going to limit them because it's going to be not quite a Juan Soto trade, but you're going to have a lot of teams tripping over themselves to trade for Otani for the the short term value but also that longer term just getting those those talks started but if he does make it to free agency and i think he would be pretty committed just to see how how many pieces he can break the market into and the giants 
they would have to be in the discussions. They would, that's the kind of player that you're talking about. That is, you can hem and haw about Aaron Judge being uh, over 30. You know, you can hem and haw about, well, is Juan Soto going to hit the market? You can hit, if Otani's on there and he is going to fill two roster spots with one body, so to speak. He's going to give you a Cy Young caliber arm and an MVP caliber bat in one player. Do you pay him twice as much as the next good player? Because he is also the only superstar in baseball that might... that people who haven't really heard about baseball or who aren't paying attention, he's the only one they care about. Juan Soto's great. Juan Soto might be a young Ted Williams, but he's still not exciting people outside of baseball nerd circles. Uh, He's not someone who is drawing people to the ballpark right now. Otani is in a very, very different way. Otani's as close as you're getting to Maguire in 1998, you know, and and Maguire in uh, the home run chase years. That's what Otani is. He's that kind of spectacle. He's that kind of draw. And the Giants are going to need something like that. Uh, Does he make it to free agency? I have no idea. Maybe the Angels lock him up. Maybe he does want to stay in Anaheim. He chose Anaheim in the first place. Uh, Maybe he wants to stick around. Maybe he likes it there. I don't know. Uh, I would think that would be a little a little silly for someone of his talents, but listen, whatever makes him happy. But if he gets to free agency, yeah, I think that would be the kind of player that even if you have this very uh, firm commitment to austerity and, and spending the right way, that would be the player who breaks the Giants and makes them go a little bit goofy. All right, uh, that's going to do it for me. I apologize for the delay or the technical difficulties because I was supposed to be able to have questions, um, actually voice questions from you and talk to talk to you as, as if it were a call-in show, but my uh, big old ear touched something and I couldn't get it back. So it was just me talking and I hope I didn't bore the, uh, the pants off of you uh, in... Sh- with me droning on. So I apologize for that, but uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for the questions. They're good questions. Um, I do like hearing the sound of my own voice. I like, you know, I think I sound, uh, I think I sound pretty good. I like to hear myself talk. So uh, hopefully you did too. Thanks so much for listening. And I will do this again. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.